0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As part of our inspiring TED Talk series, spotlighting can't miss TED Talks and their key takeaways, today I explore the 2013 TED Talk as work gets more complex, six rules to simplify. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I'm excited to be with you again today as we explore the 2013 TED Talk. As work gets more complex, six rules to simplify. Everyone knows that a staggering number of people are disengaged from their work. In this video, it's argued that our reaction to the unfathomable complexity of modern work has a lot to do with that disengagement. Traditional organizational management certainly doesn't help either. In this video, there are six anecdotes, refreshing ways to engage in what is called smart simplicity. The first rule is to understand what your colleagues actually do. This is especially important for business leaders if they wish to simplify the workplace and boost employee engagement. I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip.
1: I have spent the last years trying to resolve two enigmas. Why is productivity so disappointing? In all the companies where I work for, I have worked with more than 500 companies, despite all the technological advances — computers, IT, communications, telecommunications, the Internet. Enigma number two: Why is there so little engagement at work? Why do people feel so miserable? even actively disengaged, disengaging their colleagues, acting against the interest of their company. Despite all the affiliation events, the celebration, the people initiatives, the leadership development programs to train managers on how to better motivate their teams. At the beginning, I thought there was a chicken and egg issue because people are less engaged they are less productive or vice versa because they are less productive we put more pressure and they are less engaged but as we are doing our analysis we realize that there was a common root cause to these two issues that relates in fact to the basic pillars of management the way we organize is based on two pillars the hard structure process systems the soft feelings sentiments interpersonal relationships traits, personality. And whenever a company reorganizes, restructure, reengineer, go goes through a cultural transformation program, it uses these two pillars. Now, we try to refine them, we try to combine them. The real issue is, and this is the answer to the two enigmas, these pillars are obsolete. Everything you read in business books is based either on one or the other, or their combination. They are obsolete. What does it work? How do they work when you try to use these approaches in front of the new complexity of business? The hard approach, basically, is that you start from strategy, requirements, structure, process, system, KPIs, scorecards, committees, headquarters, hubs, clusters, you name it. I forgot all the metrics, incentives, committees, middle offices and interfaces. What happens? Basically, on the left, you have more complexity, the new complexity of business. We need quality, cost, reliability, speed. And every time there is a new requirement, we use the same approach. We create dedicated structure, process, systems, basically to deal with the new complexity of business. The hard approach creates just complicatedness in the organization.
0: So he starts by raising the important issue of Employee disengagement, and he even terms it as active disengagement. And he's right. The data suggests uh, throughout the world uh, from multiple sources that the vast majority of employees are disengaged at work. Uh, Only around a third of employees find themselves at least somewhat engaged, and many, many find themselves actively disengaged. So, if so many people are actively disengaged, what's the cause of this? Why? Why, when organizations, particularly large organizations that have the, the budgets, when they put so much money towards engagement initiatives, culture transformations, uh, and, and other means to try to get their, the most out of their workers, why are so many people continually so disengaged? And so he is posing the, the, thought, uh, the thought experiment about hard versus soft types of uh, approaches to dealing with this problem. And the hard being those typical structures, policies, practices uh, within an organization, all those mechanisms that helped to shift things. And then the soft being all of the, uh, the people orientated, orientation elements, uh, personality, interpersonal relationships, all of those elements. And he's suggesting that the, this dichotomy is obsolete. Um, Pitting the one against each other is obsolete, even a combination of the two is obsolete. And so throughout this uh, TED talk, he's going to be exploring more what he means by that and perhaps a new way that we can start to look at how we're dealing with disengagement in the workplace.
1: Let's take an example. An automotive company. The engineering division is a five-dimensional matrix. If you open any cell of the matrix, you find another twenty-dimensional matrix. You have Mr. Noise, Mr. Petrol Consumption, Mr. Anticorrosion Properties. For any new requirement, you have a dedicated function in charge of aligning engineers against the new requirement. What happens when the new requirement emerges? Some years ago. A new requirement appeared on the marketplace the length of the warranty period so therefore the new requirement is repairability making cars easy to repair otherwise when you bring the car to the garage to fix the light if you have to remove the engine to access the lights the car will have to stay one week in the garage instead of two hours and warranty budget will explode so what was the solution using the hard approach if repairability is a new requirement, the solution is to create a new function, Mr. Reparability. And Mr. Reparability creates the repairability process with a repairability scorecard, with repairability metrics, and eventually, repairability incentive that came on top of 25 other KPIs. What percentage of these people is variable compensation? 20% at most, divided by 26 KPIs, Reparability makes a difference of 0.8%. What difference did it make in their actions, their choices, to simplify zero? But what a cost for zero impact, Mr. Reparability, process, scorecard, evaluation, coordination with the 25 other coordinators to have zero impact. Now, in front of the new complexity of business, the only solution is not drawing boxes with reporting lines, It is basically the interplay, how the parts work together, the connections, the interactions, the synapses. It is not the skeleton of boxes. It is the nervous system of adaptiveness and intelligence.
0: I really like that. The nervous system connecting the organization, the synapses, that connect these different areas. So he lays out a good example of what happens when new external requirements, um, You know, in, in the example he, he provides in the automotive industry about the extended warranties um, for <coughs> auto manufacturers, uh, when that requirement is put in place using um, the old approach, now all of a sudden you create a new position, you create all these new reporting lines, and ultimately it just increases complexity and it doesn't really improve anything. It doesn't increase impact. It doesn't actually uh, produce innovations and and new uh, better approaches, which were which was the very reason that the new position was added in the first place. So we get into this mindset of just adding more complexity, adding more structure, adding more, Um, uh, mechanisms over and over and over again. And if we never look for a way to simplify and to trim back, then it becomes completely unwieldy. 25 KPIs, that's crazy. Um, And the more you start to add, it just becomes completely unwieldy. I've seen it in organizations myself. And you get to the point where you have all these objectives and all these uh, action points. um, And you get into lists of dozens and even hundreds of action items that need to be carried out and coordination across all these diverse, uh, disparate areas of the organization. Um, And what doesn't exist are those synapses, those connections, the ability for people to actually work together well to accomplish uh, new objectives for the organization. So he's arguing here for
1: simplicity. You know, you could call it cooperation, basically. Whenever people cooperate, they use less resources in everything. You know, the repairability issue is a cooperation problem. When you design cars, please take into account the needs of those who will repair the cars in the after-sales garages. When we don't cooperate, we need more time, more equipment, more systems, more teams, we need You know, when procurement, supply chain, manufacturing don't cooperate, we need more stock, more inventories, more working capital. Who will pay for that? Shareholders? Customers? No, they will refuse. So who is left? The employee who has to compensate through their super individual efforts for the lack of cooperation, stress, burnout, they are overwhelmed, accidents. No wonder they disengage. How do the hard and the soft try to foster cooperation? Well, the hard. In banks, when there is a problem between the back office and the front office, they don't cooperate. What is the solution? They create a middle office. What happens one year later? Instead of one problem between the back and the front, now I have two problems, between the back and the middle, and between the middle and the front. Plus, I have to pay for the middle office. The hard approach is unable to foster cooperation. It can only add new boxes, new bones in the skeleton. The soft approach. To make people cooperate, we need to make them like each other, improve interpersonal feelings. The more people like each other, the more they will cooperate. It is totally wrong. It is even counterproductive. Look, at home I have two TVs. Why? Precisely not to have to cooperate with my wife not to have to impose trade-offs to my wife. And why I, don't, why I try not to impose trade-offs to my wife? Precisely because I love my wife. If I didn't love my wife, one TV will be enough. You will watch my favorite football game. If you're not happy, here is the book or the door. The more we like each other, the more we avoid the real cooperation that would strain our relationships by imposing tough trade-offs. And we go for a second TV or we escalate the decision above for arbitration. Definitely, these approaches are obsolete
0: simplicity can help lead to better cooperation and not the other way around when you add more complexity when you add more systems more processes when you add more structure the hard approach that he's talking about uh, you you simply create more opportunities for friction more opportunities for communication and cooperation breakdowns while we do need organizations with a- adequate amount of structure and and mechanisms uh, what he's advocating for here is to simplify. Instead of adding new systems, processes, mechanisms, let's, let's find what's really necessary and let's trim back those elements that aren't necessary. Because we all know that over time, you just start to add more and more and more of these policies, practices, procedures, structures, um, the mechanisms, all the hard stuff uh, that he's talking about. It gets piled on top of each other and it get, becomes completely unwieldy. And then you spend as much time trying to deal with, uh, trying to deal with the uh, complexity of these new processes as you do in actually trying to accomplish the objectives of the business, the, the reason why these new processes were put in place in the first place. Uh, so really, we need to make sure that we're looking for more ways to cooperate and not creating more ways for cooperation to break down. And you know his his example about with his wife, uh, you know having someone you like, uh, and he's critiquing the soft approach of just like everybody, and then you'll cooperate more. Now, uh, I don't think he's advocating for people not liking each other, uh, and I I certainly don't think it's a good idea to try to make it so people don't have good collegial relationships with each other. But he's saying that's not the answer either. Uh, You simply helping people to understand and like each other better isn't going to solve these cooperation and communication problems. And it's not going to deal with the complexity issue. To simplify, you can't just like each other. And in some ways, uh, there are times when the more you like someone or even love someone, it, it creates uh, more potential challenges for cooperation. So we have to just be thoughtful about how we are going to To foster this cooperation, I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. I'm excited to share my insights with you.
1: To deal with complexity, to enhance the nervous system, we have created what we call the smart simplicity approach based on simple rules. Simple rule number one, understand what others do. What is their real work? We need to go beyond the boxes, the job descriptions, beyond the surface of the container to understand the real content. Me, designer, if I put a wire here, I know that it will mean that you will have to remove the engine to access the lights. Second, you need to reinforce integrators. Integrators are not middle offices. They are managers, existing managers, that you reinforce so that they have power and interest to make others cooperate. How can you reinforce your managers as integrators. By removing layers. When there are too many layers, people are too far from the action. Therefore, they need KPIs, metrics. They need poor proxies for reality. They don't understand reality and they add the complicatedness of metrics, KPIs. By removing rules, the bigger we are, the more we need integrators. Therefore, the less rules we must have to give discretionary power to managers, and we do the opposite. The bigger we are, the more rules we create, and we end up with the Encyclopedia Britannica of rules. You need to increase the quantity of power so that you can empower everybody to use their judgment, their intelligence. You must give more cards to people so that they have the critical mass of cards to take the risk to cooperate, to move out of insulation. Otherwise, they will withdraw, they will disengage. These rules, they come from game theory, and organizational sociology. You can increase the shadow of the future, create feedback loops that expose people to the consequences of their actions.
0: So we need more integrators. We need people that can create these synapses to promote better cooperation and communication across the organization. The more complex the organization, the more we need integrators. We need to foster that integrative type of an environment and we need to create a safe environment where people can try to experiment uh, and put themselves on a limb a little out on a limb a little bit so integration doesn't happen when people are stuck in their functional silos trying to protect their own little pocket of information and control uh, when that's the case people uh, are putting themselves out on a limb when they're trying to reach across the aisle when they're trying to Uh, provide cooperation opportunities, it becomes risky. So we have to take away that risk. We have to make it viable for an employee who's an integrator to be able to do that work because it's the most important work that's going to be happening within this complex organization. Without integrators, nothing meaningful is going to move forward. You're going to have increasing disconnects and you're going to have breakdowns uh, between each of these different areas. This isn't easy to do. Um, but it is possible when we are thoughtful about it and when we make it a cultural priority of the organization. And when we can create that kind of an environment, it breaks down the disengagement, the, and particularly the actively disengaged. In fact, it creates engagement because people can all of a sudden see they're, that they're empowered. They're empowered to do their best work and to work across the aisle, across functions, and in interdisciplinary fashions to really drive solutions. And that is invigorating. People like to do that kind of work. And so as long as they're not putting themselves at risk to do it, and in fact it's valued by the
1: organization, that will re-engage your people. This is what the automotive company did when they saw that Mr. Reparability had no impact. They said to the design engineers, now, in three years, when the new car is launched on the market, you will move to the after-sales network and become in charge of the warranty budget. And if if the warranty budget explodes, it will explode in your head. (laughs) Much more powerful than 0.8% variable compensation. You need also to increase reciprocity by removing the buffers that make us self-sufficient. When you remove these buffers, You hold me by the nose, I hold you by the ear. We will cooperate. Remove the second TV. There are many second TVs at work. They don't create value, they just provide dysfunctional self-sufficiency. You need to reward those who cooperate and blame those who don't cooperate. The CEO of the Lego Group, Jorgen Wittnerstopp, has a great way to use it. He says, blame is not for failure, it is for failing to help or ask for help, it changes everything. Suddenly it becomes in my interest to be transparent on my real weaknesses, my real forecast, because I know I will not be blamed if I fail, but if I fail to help or ask for help. When you do this, it has a lot of implications on organizational design. You stop drawing boxes, dotted line, full line, you look at the interplay. It has a lot of implications on financial policies that we use, on human resource management practices. When you do that, you can manage complexity, the new complexity of business, without getting complicated. You create more value with lower cost. You simultaneously improve performance and satisfaction at work because you have removed the common root cause that hinders both, complicatedness. This is your battle, business leaders. The real battle is not against competitors. This is rubbish, very abstract. When do we meet competitors to fight them? The real battle is against ourselves, against our bureaucracy, our complicatedness. Only you can fight, can do it. Thank you.
0: the real battle is against complexity. So we need to re-engage our people. We need to find more satisfied, more productive people by rewarding cooperation, by punishing uh, those who don't cooperate, those who don't help. Uh, Failure isn't What happens when you try something and it doesn't work out? Failure is what happens when you aren't helping each other and when you don't ask for help. I think that's a great way of viewing it. And if you can instill that kind of a culture within your business, uh, innovation will increase, cooperation will increase. And when you have different areas working together closely and cooperating together well, you're going to come up with new ideas and new solutions because simply you have more people thinking on the problem from diverse perspectives. Really, it's kind of a no-brainer. Anyone who's been in a really large complex organization, complex bureaucracy, you know how frustrating that can be and how, how um, counterintuitive you know, many of the actions, policies, practices, procedures can be towards actually helping the organization to be successful. So let's look for ways to break down the complexity to simplify, and to reward integrators, people who can cooperate and communicate effectively across organizations. When we do that, we'll re-engage our people and our organizations will thrive. As always, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week.